0: Hey, brave souls. You are listening to episode six of Brave Mode Studios, the podcast. Today, we are traveling all the way to Birmingham, England. Well, virtually, (laughs) to meet with a super dope and gorgeous fashion stylist. But while we're on the virtual plane overseas, make sure you're caught up on last week's episode where we got to learn about the professional model life with the wildflower herself, Miss Kayla Ariane. It's super inspiring and you do not want to miss that. We are now landing into Birmingham and it is time to hear about the amazing career journey of this young lady who turned her fashion styling career into a full-time sustainable upcycling brand. And it's not just any upcycling brand. This is truly the best I personally have ever seen. Um, It is just, Simply amazing. Inspired by her humble childhood days of learning to recycle clothing and redesign them to save money with her mom, she has now launched a thriving business, worked her way to becoming a top seller on Depop, and is now serving super chic pop-ups all over England. Bringing you sustainably styled looks for today with flashbacks of the past. Please welcome Miss L. Richie of the L. Richie Studio. I'm fantastic. How are you doing?
1: Good. Not too bad. It's quite um, a nice day here for once. So enjoying the race through my window. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Awesome. It's been raining quite a bit here in Atlanta as well. Um, Mm -hmm. Elle, um, you guys are going to love her. First of all, she's got an amazing brand. Um, I can't wait for you all to learn more about her. So Hey, let's get right into it. Elle, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, where you are currently, and just what you do? Sure.
1: So I'm Elle. Um, I don't know if anyone can tell by the accent, um, but I'm from Birmingham, UK. I'm 27. Um, spent a little bit of time in London as well. Um, recently moved back after graduating from St. Martins. I studied fashion and marketing and that kind of was the birthplace for everything that I do now in a nutshell.
0: <laughs> so you, do you define yourself as a stylist or how do you define yourself?
1: Um, I, li- mm, I like to say a general creative um, just because I have like so many things going on at once and so many projects that kind of bringing it all into a stylist is a general idea but there's just so much going on with it especially alongside the business so I like to say creative general creative.
0: (laughs) I'm with you I'm with you same here uh being a stylist is I mean you may just be on set and that's that one job but if you do you know with all that you do you're definitely definitely a creative um a serious curator too I'm really excited to jump into that um so let's let's talk about a little bit you know what got you into fashion to begin with like what was that moment that just sparked your interest in fashion?
1: Oh this is this is quite a um, slightly different topic Um, but when I was younger um, we struggled quite a bit um, and fashion was something that was kind of at the lowest point of the priority list. It wasn't something that we really focused on in my family. Um, And my mum as well, she's like, she's a builder for instance. So she's always kind of been like really rugged and getting her hands dirty, that kind of thing. Um, But I think when I realised that fashion was for me um, and what kind of led into the whole kind of vintage element of my business um, was actually hand-me-downs. Um, So I would get kind of like a few black bags of clothes every few months from like cousins, friends, um, all that kind of stuff. Um, And I was always really small. I was always tiny, like my whole life. Um, So these hand-me-downs would never fit me. Um, So I had to learn to sew very quickly, Um, started altering things, kind of making them my own. And then because I used to draw a lot, um the whole creative aspect of making something for me, even though it was someone else's, that kind of like sparked something in me to think, quite good at this, might might um carry it on. <laughs> yeah. That's cool.
0: We actually had that in common. Um it was a very similar thing that sparked for me. Like it was my family would just say like they took a shopping and like, hey, like you know, mix and match, you can't get everything here. So yeah, whatever yeah. you do get learn how to make it work, basically. And hand-me-downs for my sister, good Lord. There are so many funny stories about that. (laughs) That's a different conversation. But those hand-me-downs like that, you learning how to be resourceful and how to, and that taught you how to sew, that's amazing. Um, And I'm also pretty tiny too, we have that in common.
1: Yeah. It's always a problem.
0: Yeah, yes, always. (laughs) Um, So from there, you know, when, so that sparked it for you. Whenever you became a little older, you know, what made you decide I'm going to go and study this in school?
1: Um, yeah, it, w- it was quite a tricky one for me in school. Um, I was always very academic, um, tried really hard in school, um, ended up doing really, really well. Um, thought that I would kind of lean towards the sciences um, they really interested me. And then when I saw a new fashion design course that was starting in Birmingham, because Birmingham, for those who don't know, is it is the second city, but when it comes to like creativity and fashion, there's not a lot here. Everyone tends to move to London. Um, so this new course was starting and I was very, very interested in it, but all my teachers were trying to persuade me to go elsewhere and, you know, the money's not in fashion, the career's mm-hmm. not in fashion. Um, so it, when it comes to actually making a decision, it was like, do I go with my heart or my head? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I ended up going to the fashion course, um, but it was actually quite delayed. So I started in A-levels in literature, sociology, science, was there for about three weeks changed my (laughs) mind I was like no I was like no my heart is just not in this um luckily got accepted onto the course um even though I was a bit late and then I just had honestly the best teachers there the best mentors tutors and that's kind of where I really grew um, while I was at college if I could go back and do college 10 times over for the rest of my life I probably would (laughs) it was amazing (laughs)
0: Oh, I love that. So uh, I know you were saying how your, your teachers were kind of gearing you toward you know, going another direction, toward the sciences. Yeah. Was your
1: family the same way? Um, my family kind of always, whatever it is that I want to do, they support me. Um, and I think one thing that my parents kind of knew and my family knew and friends around me is what actually makes me happy. Um, I think I'm the kind of person, if I'm not happy, you you can tell. Um, So it was kind of a thing where we know you can do it. As long as you're happy doing it, do what makes you happy. And the money and the career will come with it. And I'm so glad I ended up going. I don't know where I would be if I chose the other road right now.
0: (laughs) Hey, like you're thriving. And like that's I love that, you know, this paying attention to what you know is the right direction versus what people may tell you. Yeah, and not everyone no one's going to know for sure you know for you what is the yeah, best definitely. route you know people kind of they tend to advise you based on their own fears or their own inhibitions about something so it's definitely a good thing you did listen to them I know right <laughs> <laughs> and we wouldn't be meeting yeah. right now probably I know. You to them. <laughs> oh
1: gosh I don't even want to picture that live but yeah I'm here now <laughs> I
0: good Hi, yes good I'm glad you're here <laughs> uh, so let's I mean I'm kind of jumping ahead here but going from having the hand-me-downs and learning to sew this I guess is kind of an obvious question but did this lead to your vintage business is that is is that where the love for vintage pieces sparked from
1: um so my mom um she's a little bit of how do I describe it um here we call her Delboy. Boy um so like Only Fools and Horses um British okay. show um so she she like does gardening um building loves antiques and I think her love of antiques like developed into my love of vintage mm-hmm. um and she used to take me to like auctions and things um and I would see like vintage wedding dresses and all that kind of stuff a lot of car boot sales all the time um and just seeing how you can rework old trends into like new trends Mm -hmm. um and that was something that kind of grew in college so like when I was going out partying or anything like that um I'd hate someone to have the same thing on as me like absolutely (laughs) that is oh my gosh I'm leaving kind of situation um and then I had had a thing for jumpsuits, seventies jumpsuits. Um, so I used to wear them out a lot, and used to get asked like so many times, "Where's that from? Where did you get that from?" And then I was like, mm, "It's my secret." But <laughs> then I kind of realised, hang on a second, mm. and a man. that kind of, yeah, that kind of sparked it. Um, and then while I was at university um, studying marketing and fashion. I kind of realized that the the intricacy of things like pattern cutting and um, those kind of things, the maths, me and maths are not friends. Um, And it was kind of like sucking out the love I had for what Mm -hmm. I started, Uh Um, but then me styling myself and trying to find pieces for myself is where I really found the joy. And so I kind of steered away from the kind of design aspect and moved in towards kind of reworking, um, styling, and the marketing has just continued with it.
0: That's awesome. Awesome. So that marketing background, did that help you with starting your business? Is that, do you find, do you still pull from there?
1: yeah definitely um it was very it was a very conceptual course that I was on um so marketing as in the word marketing was so broad so vast um and it's something that's always changing so I think I learned the best kind of root advice for marketing from that course and then as things like social media have developed um, different apps and different ways to market to people um yeah that kind of carried on Um, and something that my mum always taught me that's really important and still runs through the core of my business is word of mouth Mm -hmm. Um, just knowing people speaking to people um, Mm -hmm. getting recommendations from people Mm -hmm. that's the part of marketing that like comes organically and that's probably my favorite part of it to be honest
0: I love that. I'm actually glad you mentioned that because um, my next question for you is centered around uh, getting access into the fashion industry. And I tell people all the time, even though I hate saying this, sometimes it really is who you know versus like what you know. And that tends to determine how much access to the fashion industry that you get. I don't know what it's like exactly in the UK, but in the US, especially for Black creatives, it is... You can just be very much overlooked um, or you just didn't really have the access to begin with and it's really hard to kind of gain the access to the industry. Do you think it's a similar dynamic in the UK? And, you know, did you face any challenges coming out of school, getting into the fashion industry? Did you have to network quite a bit? What was that like?
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think, so in Birmingham, it's very, really, fairly it's very um diverse here um there's people from all over the world here so many religions races languages um so I was always quite comfortable here um and then moving to London which is an even bigger city like more cultures more languages um that was like quite a big culture shock for me in the sense where there are a lot of people there that I would never have met if I'd stayed here, which is, is a benefit. Uh, but what kind of shocked me was the diversity within my actual course and within my actual university. Um, out of a group of, I think I was a class of 30, um, mm-hmm. there were two black people in the class. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, so <laughs> that was, that, yeah, that was kind of a bit oh okay um right that's less than 10% yeah yeah and if if you were to base that on the whole actual university i mean i don't have the figures or anything um and i graduated quite a while ago um <laughs> but I, I was just shocked to see that after like coming from college where it was you know um so i think that was a challenge for me um learning everyone else's cultures as well there were people from all over you had people from egypt china um, places that I'd never met anyone from those places before so it, it was really good in a way um, but I feel like it was kind of a little bit leaning towards an identity thing for me and who I am as a black creative and what I want to bring and will people understand will people right. you know that kind of thing um, One thing that I think is hard within any creative industry is, especially when it comes to education wise, um, I believe that projects, courses, degrees are based on opinion and personal taste a lot, Mm -hmm. which is something that I kind of faced where I would be doing a project, something relating to me or how I feel and myself um, and I feel like, when it comes to grading criteria there might be boxes to tick but will someone fully understand the concept of what I'm trying to say and how powerful that message might be that was something that was very very hard for me to kind of put across while I was at university um Mm -hmm. and I think the pressure of everything kind of got to me a little bit towards the end Mm um And then I had to think about, okay, what's my next move? Um, We had a lot of opportunities, met a lot of designers, had a lot of um, opportunities in general. Um, But another thing that comes across when, especially studying in the UK and and America as well, with the fees, um, the finances. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, So I was working about three or four jobs whilst being full-time, whilst interning, And it it all just was, it was a lot. It was grief girl.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: So then I kind of made the decision then that I I know I'm good enough. I know I can do it. Um, Mm -hmm. Let me go back to somewhere where I'm comfortable, where, you know, there's diversity around me. I'm inspired every day. Um, And financially, it was a good decision for me. Um, And then once I left university, I came back to Birmingham. The only thing that I struggle with in Birmingham um, is that the creative bubble is quite small. Mm-hmm. Um, so especially as a black creative, I feel like in Birmingham, we're all connected in some way, which is which is really, really good, really, really kind of like helpful as well to have and know that there are people around you. Right. Um, but I think when it comes to me collaborating or doing projects and things, everyone is based in London. And I feel like that's the only thing holding me back here. Um, But we're we're managing quite well, I think I'm doing quite well considering. Um, But yeah, university had a lot of lines of trauma attached, let's say, um, that made me have to consider who I was working with, what jobs I was applying for, um, who were the people at the top? All these questions only came to me once I'd kind of experienced university. Mm-hmm. So, like getting,
0: you know, I know you were able to um, do a few internships. How did you go about getting those internships?
1: Um, I kind of did it by myself almost. Um, mm-hmm. It was a criteria for my degree to have a set year of internship. Um, and a lot of people around me, like you say, had connections to fashion houses already or knew. People who, you know, their interns were sorted from from the start. Mm -hmm. Um, Luckily, in a sense, I I personally really enjoyed um, my internships. I I did some great internships. Um, I worked with a lovely lady. Um, She's a designer um, Mm -hmm. called Jane Bowler, who specialises in, like, um, couture pieces, um, editorial pieces for shoots and stuff. Um, I literally just emailed and applied and sent my interview and we just really really got on and that was that Um, Mm -hmm. and I also got an opportunity I was currently working for um, a fast fashion brand called New Look Mm -hmm. um, here in the UK and they offered me a place um, in their head office so I kind of got a good um, overview of sort of editorial styling couture and fast fashion high street trend-based kind of fast-paced working environment um, even though they weren't kind of like the biggest internships out of like the people who were in my class looking back now I'm so grateful for those specific internships because of the balance that it gave me um, mm-hmm and yeah so it was it, it was almost a little bit like who I knew um as in working for the company I kind of had a foot in the door mm-hmm. um but with the other ones it was kind of just reach out put the feelers out see who you get on with as well who mm-hmm. who who will kind of inspire you as well was really important for me mm-hmm. um and yeah I learned so much on them internships like so much
0: that's great yeah. I, I think uh I advise people a lot while they're in school to try to branch out of maybe you know maybe their one track mind of what type of internship you should get and try to diversify it you know there's plenty to be learning and you can really intern the entire time you're in college like from your freshman year to your senior year
1: yeah you
0: you can be interning I think um you know not even waiting until it's you know you have to do it but like try to do it early on if you can that's not something that I kind of did but not not I never did like a formal internship until I absolutely had to but like I wish I had diversified it earlier on like you did um because my my spark for styling didn't come until after college like I knew I always had it but actually in terms of pursuing it it definitely didn't come until I left my very first job so um after after college or actually mean me backtrack a little bit to back to college. I know you were saying with some of your counterparts um, in class, you didn't feel like you'd gotten the same uh, types of internships that they were getting were, what do you think there's a certain reason for that? Um, what, how, what was the difference to you that you noticed?
1: Um, so I think overall connections and previous experience, um, for instance, there were some people um, in my university who already had degrees or were already trained. So there were a lot of people that came from Parsons, um, oh, who then came to my university to do a second degree, um, okay. and there were a lot of people who already had those kind of big internal connections, um, and it, it was it was. It was spoke about quite a bit. um, Where does everyone aspire to go to for their internships? Where's everyone thinking? Um, And I think at the time, because of who I felt I was and where I'd come from and seeing the competition then, it was almost like I'm gonna stay quite, I did stay quite comfortable looking back, um, but I don't think it was a bad decision to do um I am really grateful for them I learned so much um and I think for me especially having so much going on at the time with my jobs my other jobs uni the the whole kind of uni experience itself being away from home um I think I made the right decision but looking back again like you said I would advise anyone going for internships to try just just try I mean this is what I've learned growing up um we all have kind of nutbacks. we all have setbacks. Like my mum always says, what's the worst they can say? No, you know, like once once you get over that barrier, can kind of go for it. Um, Mm -hmm. I think when I went to uni as well, things have changed quite a bit within the industry, which I'm really happy to see. Um, And I feel like if I'd gone back knowing everything I know now, maybe I would have kind of branched out a bit more. But I think everything happens for a reason. I mean, I Absolutely. don't regret anything. Um, but yeah, I definitely recommend, like you said, branch as far out, as far wide as you can.
0: <laughs> yeah, like it's it can be hard to and I think um if you already feel like different types of pressure coming to you. I mean, colleges, it can be pretty tough regardless. And you're gonna feel everyone's gonna have some level of pressure, but you know, even especially being a creative of color in college and not knowing, not feeling like you are, um, what you bring to the table is appreciated or really it's not maybe meeting what their ideal standards are, even though they aren't wrong. They just aren't meeting what they're accustomed to seeing or accustomed to grading. um, Can make you feel like you're not very worthy of uh, some, you know, maybe an ideal internship or maybe, you know, some major internship that just seems really intimidating to you it can yeah. seem like maybe you're not worthy of that and maybe the other students are more worthy by default maybe or like you said because they went to Parsons beforehand which yeah that's a big deal if they went to Parsons that makes you feel like oh okay <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> excuse me <laughs> but yeah. um but still uh I'm glad you have shared that experience experience though um it's it the fashion industry it's it's clear like it's it's it is universal, this feeling yeah. of <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah. I think, I think we both say that. Huh? I think we can I think we both yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's universal. it doesn't matter yeah. where you
0: are. Um, uh, I know for here in the US it's a lot of times, you know, it feels like if you're not in New York or maybe if you're not in LA, then it's really hard for you to get a lot of opportunity and it depends on what you're doing and what you're trying, like, you know, maybe what you're interested in. But I mean, I know I did, most of my success came from eventually moving to New York and working there for a few years. And just when I got there, I was like, well, I'm just going to do whatever, like I'm, whatever I can get my hands on, whoever I can talk to all the things, like, I kind of wish I had the the gumption to do yeah. in college. <laughs> I was like, I was 26, but so I was like, I'm about to do this though. This like that's what we're about to do right now. I was 25 when I moved there. So I was like, yeah, I'm about to network with everybody and see what else I can what I can. I'm gonna milk New York for all that it's worth <laughs> since yeah. I'm here. But um, wherever you are, you know, and if you are in the UK, for instance, and you're listening to this, like, even if you're in Birmingham, like, and not in London, or some other city that outside of London, you can always start where you are, like, you can always be doing something right there. Um, speaking of which, I really want to get to the Studio El Richie. Um, <laughs> Tootie Fruity. That sounds super cute. I love the name. And then you have... Um your collection, am I right? That's uh, that just launched this month. Uh, the Y the Y2K, is it Romantica?
1: Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. these names are beautiful, first of
0: all. How <laughs> did you, how'd you come up with these all these beautiful names? I just want to know.
1: <laughs> Literally, I think because my I always wanted to have a curated aspect of the business. Um, yeah. and sometimes I just see something and a word comes into my head. So like for instance in the Tutti Frutti collection there's a pair of um, lime green leather trousers and it was next to like an orange shirt mm. and it just like threw me back to like the days of having the Tutti Frutti sweets and I was like oh my gosh I'm gonna make a whole collection based around <laughs> these two pieces um, and that kind of that's kind of what inspires the drops. Um, I'll have it's normally a little phrase or a little word or something. And I'll build around the actual phrase. Um, and I tend to try and keep it as seasonal as I can as well. So everything mm-hmm. just comes together once I've got the word or the phrase.
0: Right, right. What t- so let's talk about what all do you do? You style, we probably should have said this at the beginning <laughs> for sure, but um, what What all do you do? You style, but what else, what else do you do? Let's list it all out. Oh
1: sometimes you know like when you go to like networking parties or um (laughs) events or something and someone (laughs) like oh have you got have I got can I have your card and I'm like yeah sure but it doesn't actually say what I am and then people are like well what are you and then I'm like how long have you got like a while um so I do the styling Mm -hmm. um I run Studio L Richie which is a whole career thing in itself um so I do all my own photography do all my own marketing design all the marketing campaigns um film everything model for the brand um on my own PA let's put that out there because the emails are crazy as girl know. it's time for a team I'm just going to tell you that right now but keep going oh gosh I know um yeah um the only person who I've kind of got helping me at the minute is me mom. Um, so she does all my kind of like washing, stain removal. Um, I also do all the repairs, all the alterations. Yeah. And I also as well, um, I do custom painting um, for like specific customers or if there's an event going on. Um, that's, that's actually, in a nutshell, how the whole brand started. Mm -hmm. Um, Back, I think it was about three or four years ago, I had a whole collection of vintage denim. I was very 90s Aaliyah for a good five years of my life. Um, (laughs) And um, I accumulated all these denim jackets and I just didn't really know what to do with them. Um, But I've always drawn, I've I've drew my whole life. Um, Mm -hmm. And I actually made a jacket for my friend's son, for his birthday with a portrait on. Then he took a picture of it, and then everything just went crazy. I had so many requests. And then that's when the kind of time started when people were asking me where my own vintage pieces were and if I could get them a vintage denim jacket like the one in the picture. It yeah. kind of built on from there. Um, so I do do that when I have the time, which is mm-hmm. just getting rarer and rarer and rarer. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. And also, um, I've recently been um, kind of tutoring small businesses, um, helping out with that for other people, um, working on their marketing and helping other people build brands around me. Um, That's something that's really important to me is helping the people who helped me or help the people around me. I think especially being from Birmingham and it being so small here in the creative industry, just mm-hmm. getting out there, helping as many people as I can when it comes to stuff that I can kind of give a bit of insight into. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's always something happening here. That's awesome, <laughs> I, girl. I definitely need a team. I literally put the feelers out there today because oh, I was just geez. looking at my calendar and I was like, nope, yeah, I need help. So yeah, that's coming soon hopefully. Good.
0: Good. I'm glad because yeah, I just hired on a team of interns between August and I have a few more starting on Monday and mm-hmm. it is a lifesaver. I mean, there's still a whole lot to do, but I mean, just having people who are just as passionate about your brand as you are, who um are just want to help you and are getting the experience for themselves too. I mean, and it's it's, it's a I love it because it's an opportunity for me to create opportunity for them as well. So, yeah, girl, do that. <laughs> Get your team, girl. But I love the family operation with your mom and her. Um, so these are pieces that you know you go and find the vintage pieces and she cleans them. What's that? What's the process like? And how do you? How do you actually fund your business? Um, how do you have the capital to go purchase pieces and resell them?
1: Um. So. It all started when I came back to, um, actually it didn't actually, it started in London. So while I was um, interning and doing everything I was doing up there, despite having so many jobs, I was still barely surviving like my friends have this joke that um oh Elle cookie beans on toast whenever you want because she's like beans on toast queen because I literally lived on beans on toast for about 40 years don't know how I survived um <laughs> I was still really struggling um especially on a creative course you know fabric sewing machines pattern cutting even pay things like paper I was like I have to pay for paper like when I was (laughs) at college and stuff everything was kind of given and then you're thrown into this world where no you have to pay for everything everything (laughs) yeah so when I was working especially this is something that kind of inspired um the sustainability side around my business as well Um, Working in kind of like a fast fashion brand, um, there were so many sample sales happening every day, um, mm-hmm. things being thrown away every day, um, things that didn't make the cut, things that were a bit wrong here, you know, how it how it goes kind of thing. Um, yeah. And I asked if um, I could attend some of the sample sales, um, attended some of the sample sales, bought a few things mm-hmm. um, and realised that the things that were being thrown out or the things that didn't quite make it could be easily fixed yeah um and with my like sewing knowledge and stuff that's what I did if, if they were gonna throw it in the bin I'll take it you know what I mean I'll, I'll have it um so I, I, I would fix anything that had holes in or um adjust lengths on skirts or anything like that and then that's there what I started to resell um and it, I only used to do it like if rent was coming up and i wasn't quite making it it was just like an extra little bit of money mm. um and it was just a way
0: one second i think it froze just
1: give me add one to second. the money bank thing um so oh, that's actually second. how it started one second
0: it froze <laughs> i want you to repeat that for just a moment. okay <laughs> it froze go right back you were saying the last thing you said before it froze was um you if you needed to make rent you would make a extra money so start start there again I'm yeah. so sorry
1: yeah it's all right um so yeah if rent if rent was due um or phone bill was due or there was just a bill that I wasn't gonna quite make um I would fix any pieces that they were throwing out or anything like that um and resell them that way or also go into so many shoots and so many kind of PR events and stuff goody bags things were just given to you like it would don't get me wrong it was it was great I enjoyed, yeah. I enjoyed that part of the job um but I didn't need these things and this is kind of what sparked the whole um consumerism side of fast fashion that I personally didn't like coming from somewhere where we I didn't spend any money on clothes until kind of like college uni times everything was always hand-me-downs the whole consumerist side of fast fashion it was just it was starting to get to me a little bit and and the waste that I saw um in in so many brands that I worked for so many brands that I interned with mm-hmm. I just thought if there's something I can do or if there's a way I can stop that going in the bin or you know like it it, it, it didn't make sense to me what I was seeing um so I I just used that to kind of work with the skills I had to make a little bit of money and pay my rent, basically in a nutshell. Um, and then moving on from that, um, like currently I didn't start out with any loans or anything. I literally started this business with about a hundred pounds, um, went to a car boot. We, we go to car boots every single weekend, um, but this time I was like, right, the things that I'm currently putting up are selling, Let me try and find the pieces that everyone asks me for. Um, Like the vintage jumpsuits, the denim jackets. Let me see if I can find those things and let me see what I can do with this £100. Did it the first time and was like, bingo. This is the thing. Got it, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it did really well. And it literally just grew from there. literally from that moment, from that first kind of, sourcing trip I did it just grew and grew and grew and grew and now I'm doing sourcing trips about twice a week now um yeah so you don't you don't need a lot of money to start I think this is something that um a lot of people I get asked a lot um and people kind of asking for advice on getting business loans and everything and I mean I've been doing this for about four years now and I I haven't took out a loan Um, I think it's about using what you can do personally it is hard it is stressful like I'm running around like a headless chicken every day (laughs) Um, but if if you have a skill Mm -hmm. use it kind of thing and and Mm -hmm. get all the people involved get friends involved Um, you know everyone if they're good friends let's just say but everyone wants to see you do well you know if you can help each other collaborate don't throw too much money in too soon. that's my number one piece of advice for anyone mm-hmm.
0: i love I love that you said that because it's i think people tend to think when they want to start something that money is going to you know solve every problem that they have yeah. when really it's usually it's kind of a manpower issue it's really just like you don't really have enough hands to help you and, and like you said get get the friend the good friends yeah. involved um those family family members and have them like i've listened to so many different people who have started amazing businesses and they always say oh it was my cousin and me in the garage for like a good year <laughs> you know yeah. so we were making yeah. whatever you know the whole this is this is a yeah. very grassroots situation and so like not not feeling like you have to have it all together from the start I think is a big relief for people. Uh, So as we, there's so much I want to unpack with you, but we have to wrap up soon. But as we, as we wrap up, um, I'm trying to think of what, what I really want to talk about the most. I think I want to get into your, your, your brands as well. Is there anything that you really want to share with people in terms of um, either, you know, one, uh, what, what you want them to know about your your new brands you have coming out and where they can find them, of course. But also, um, is there any other advice that you would give maybe your younger self or to someone who's wanting to do something similar to what you do?
1: Yeah, um, I think if I was to give advice, it would be to be resourceful. I think that's the biggest part of my whole life. I think that's the biggest lesson yeah. I've ever been taught by my family. Um, use what you've got. It's kind of like the motto of my whole life. (laughs) Um, Mm use what you've got. And I always recommend that everyone learns some kind of skill, no matter what industry you're in, no matter what it is. My mom always has this analogy of when the zombies come and the world ends, what do you have to offer kind of thing. And I always think, well, everyone needs clothes kind of thing. That is my skill. So um, I think having... A workable skill no matter what industry it is, is very important mm-hmm. um, to be resourceful again work with what you've got um, I mean like I've got a studio now um, after a good few years mm-hmm. but I did a little um, studio tour on my Instagram because literally every single piece of furniture in this room has either been found upcycled I got for free off Gumtree, free listings. Um, uh-huh. So that kind of way of working has allowed me to do this without having to get loans and stuff. And it's just about thinking outside the box a lot of the time um, and using what you have. Um, and as far as the business goes, I think the past year has been insane. Despite the pandemic, I think it's been a really, really good year for the brand. I feel like I've got a, a steady path now. I can see where it's going Um, Mm -hmm. got a lot of exciting brand collaborations happening at the minute as well Um, I just finished the Fiorucci summer series Um, that was like an amazing opportunity I'm so proud of that one Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm currently working with a new app called Wearing Mm -hmm. Um, any stylists out there Download this app, it's amazing. Um, okay. So, you can basically build outfits with the app and digitize your own wardrobe. Um, and it just, I, I use it for the business, I use it for myself, use it for events. Um, but they have a pop up um, at the end of this month. So, my website collections will be in there um and yeah moving forward trying to just push the style in a little bit more um trying to get more experience myself personally um which your videos have really helped me with yeah so just keep keeping on pushing keeping on climbing and yeah i'm just really happy excited and cemented in what i'm doing now so I'm I'm proud of my little baby. I'm
0: proud. <laughs> Girl, I'm proud of you. This was a it's a pleasure hearing and really really truly inspiring to hear your your journey because like you said, it is that the resourcefulness is a it's clear that's the model of your life. I mean, the from the hand me downs to to now and running a whole a whole business around vintage pieces and being able to curate those pieces and make them brand new. I mean, um, what you're doing for uh, the sustainability movement in the fashion industry is, it's so needed. You don't actually see a whole lot of uh, black people working on that sustainability, but you don't actually hear it. Like, I think with vegan eating, sustainability, all that yeah. stuff, it usually tends to kind of get um, characterized along with whiteness, along with mm-hmm. um, that's just what white people do or usually are leading in in, in those arenas, but I don't think that's always true. Um, there's always a ton of black people who are doing the same thing and leading in it as well. And you're one of those people. So I'm just, I'm proud (laughs) that you are, um, doing all that you're doing. I mean, it's, you're, you're moving the fashion industry forward, uh, by what, by what you're doing. And so, yeah, please get into keep pushing with this styling. I'm so glad that Brave Most videos are helpful for you. Um, Yeah, Definitely. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad that's what it's for. I definitely didn't think when I first started the channel, I didn't, I wasn't thinking it would go beyond the U S for some reason, like in the, I knew it was YouTube, but I just, yeah. <laughs> I just didn't think about outside the U S exactly. But it's nice to know that it's helpful for everyone. But, um. but yeah, like you're, you're doing so many amazing things and it, I hope, I hope everyone's inspired by your journey. Um, I wish we could talk longer so we can really no. get deeper into- <laughs> we can get deeper into everything that you're doing because you're you're really a boss, girl. You are killing it. And yeah, I'm glad you're getting a team too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> girl. yes. Um it's I think I think sometimes uh we think we have to do it all all the time, you know, and no one's gonna be able to do it exactly how Elle's gonna do it, but you kind of like letting your hands off the wheel a little bit and delegating it's you're going to go even further so just thank you for sharing your experience with us Um, thank you for you know being honest about your your you know your upbringing and you know all that stuff um let's let's just make sure everyone knows where they can find you what's your social media and website and anything else
1: um, yeah, so I tried to keep this as simple as I could for everyone. Um, so literally, Studio L Ritchie, all one word. That's the handle for all my social media. Um, it's also studiolrichie.com And if you search on Deep Up Studio L Richie, I'll be there too. Um, so yeah, all one word and you can find me everywhere, basically.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Elle. You are a light and a pleasure. (laughs) You're welcome. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Thank you so much again, Elle. You are so freaking dope and so, so gorgeous. Thank you so much for being on our podcast. We enjoyed you and you have a huge fan base right over here in America, starting with Bowl Studios. Keep doing what you're doing, girl. In other news, we are rounding out on season one. Next episode is actually the last episode of season one, where we'll be talking with a licensed therapist on how to navigate toxic work environments, specifically in the fashion industry. That's a humongous problem, but something that's not really often talked about. But until then, please make sure you go and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Brave Mode Studios. Follow us on IG at Brave Mode. And until next time, style well, live well, be brave. Peace. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor by Spotify.